Hey, y'all, before you're seated, I'm a, I'm a person, as you all know, your pastor's obsessed with the holy, healed, healthy, happy, humble, hungry, honoring lifestyle. And, and th th it, it works, and I serve on Promise Keepers Board, and have been doing it for years, working with PK, and the integrity thing is just part of who we are and what we do. So I, I, I made a commitment about wearing shorts. I like your shorts. What had happened was, true story, true story. My wife is here to attest, and, and, and she, where, is she here? She left, and she fears Jesus. No, no, here, ready? What, Pastor Ava? No, no, I, I, I'm saying about you're supposed to like bear witness to this. We, no, no, we went to Costa Rica. I just got back. I was I preached in a conference. Who does this? We went to a conference and we preached there. Like I did a bunch of sessions in a matter of one day and just flew back. My beautiful wife joined me. We went to Costa Rica. First time I went to, I've been to Costa Rica. I've been to other countries, not Costa Rica. So we preached there, and I thought I was going to get back. Yesterday we got back late, and honest, I was going to go by, I was going to go to the Roseville Galleria, get a pair of shorts, because I'm, I'm going to be very honest. I shouldn't do this, but because integrity, the only shorts I have are not this long. They are workout shorts, some Lululemons that, that my kids got me, and when I say Lulu, there's a lot more lemon than Lulu. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't want to show that much lemon. And no way am I ever going to compromise the Lulu. So my, my point to you is, do you get it? So I went, that's just too much. So we didn't get a chance. And we got home. She was tired. I was tired. We didn't sleep for a couple of days. True story. So I didn't get a chance to go to the mall. And, and that's the reason, okay? So honest to goodness, I mean, I'm a man of integrity. I'm making a big thing about shorts. I'm not. I'm just being honest about the short stuff. Um, but then he didn't wear any. You were going to send me a text message with you in some shorts this morning, and I didn't get your text message, so I didn't wear any either. Do you realize you just launched a scandal around the world? <laughs> you just said, you're, you're, you, you said your pastor sends you text messages with him wearing shorts in the morning. That never happened. I mean, we're buddies though, right? So stop I mean, it. Go to your room. Go to your room. Hey, I'm going to be brief here with the word God gave me. We love you. We're so great. You're here on Independence Day. We're having fun, as you can tell. If you're grateful for the freedom we have. Oh, one more thing. One more thing real quick. So I was in Costa Rica. I've never, I think I'm one of the first people to do this. I, I just found out, which is weird, on, on planet Earth, which is one of the first for, for church. I was preaching simultaneously in New Zealand via hologram. So I was preaching in New Zealand as a hologram. They thought I was there. They knew it was a hologram. But my, 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 there was a projection of my image. They're live preaching. And that technology. So we're going to do this for our L.A. campus. Oh, I'm not kidding. We are. So we're going to go this route. You may be seated. I'm going to ask you a question real quick. Let me have your undivided attention, please. Let me ask you a question. I was praying, asking the Holy Spirit to give me a message for today on Independence Day that would speak to our amazing church and to the nation. We have so many people streaming all around the world. When I was growing up, I don't know what they do it anymore, and I'm not being facetious or sarcastic. And it's not a rhetorical query. I don't know if they do it anymore, in, at least in California, in certain school districts. I know they don't, and some they do. 
growing up, I remember that I, it was obligatory for kids to stand up and do the pledge. I don't know if it is anymore. In some. So I remember, here's the pledge, and you would put your, you get your hand, you put it here on your heart. I pledge of allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands Wow, wow, that's powerful. Can I focus, keep this up here? Here's what the Holy Spirit told me to share with you. One nation under whom? God. That's the message right now. One nation under God. That's it. That, that's it, that's the part. One nation under God. Somebody say one nation. One nation. Let me explain something right now. First of all, on Independence Day, I want to remind you, and I'm going to ask you right here. If you're perfect, raise your hand. If you're perfect. Let me take it to the next step. If you're so sure of yourself. If you're perfect, please stand up. I want to worship you. Now let me ask. If you're not perfect, but you are blessed, raise your hand. Let me ask again, if you're not perfect, but boy, have you been blessed beyond what you deserve to be blessed. Raise both hands. So let me ask you a question. You that are not perfect, but you're blessed. Should I get up here right now and curse you? Well, why should we curse America? We're not perfect, but we are blessed as a nation. We are blessed. It begins that pledge of one nation. Somebody say one nation. nation. Matthew 12, 25, Jesus knew their thoughts and replied, any kingdom divided by civil war is doomed. A town or a family splintered by feuding will fall apart. A house divided shall not stand. America as a nation right now, ladies and gentlemen, this is not negative Nancy. This is a quick message, but I want want you to hear me. We can't deny the fact that we're divided right now. Some historians, forget politicians, they're always going to say things to get votes. Historians that are nonpartisan from the most prestigious schools have come to the inevitable conclusion that we are right now in the most critical moment of our history. Some have argued even more than the Civil War. We are so divided right now. We, the level of fragmentation, discord, and division. Dorothy, we're not in Kansas anymore. We are divided we are unbelievably divided. America as a nation, and for those of you who are saying, but why? Listen, America as a nation will never be united until the church in America becomes one. Amen. The church has to take the lead. John 17, 21, Jesus prayed and, say, and he said, let them become one as you and I, Heavenly Father, as we are one. A divided church cannot heal a broken nation. A united church can change the world. I'm going to tell you what America needs right now. We need to come together. And the Holy Spirit brings people together. The Holy Spirit assembles people. The Holy Spirit is the quintessential unifier. What does America need most in 2021? Do we need a Green New Deal? No. Do we need a new political party? No. What we need above all things in America is a fresh outpouring of the spirit of the living God. We need a spiritual awakening. Somebody say we need a spiritual awakening. Pastor Sam, is that real? I'm going to prove to you right now it's real stuff that you've never have heard before in your life regarding this nation and the Holy Spirit. 
Are you ready for this? And Jesus being exalted. What if I tell you that America today celebrating July 4, 1776, now it's 2021. What if I tell you we never would have reached this day without a spiritual awakening? Come on. Oh, you missed that. What if I tell you America as we know it would never have existed if not for God saying, I'm going to show my glory upon these people? Pastor Sam, what are you saying? Make it. Come on, prove it. I will. Prior to the Revolutionary War, prior to 1776, prior to George Washington and John Adams and Thomas Jefferson and James Madison and James Monroe, prior to Alexander Hamilton and Benjamin Franklin, prior to them coming together, guess what happened? There was outpouring of the glory of Jesus. It's called the First Great Awakening. Google it. There was a move of God that hit America that changed our destiny. Do you know what, it, what took place? It was 1734. There was a young preacher in the Boston, Massachusetts area named Jonathan Edwards. This man who preached, who now you know his sermon, sinners in the hands of an angry God. He preached a message. And he started, no, if you think America has always been this Christian nation where churches were full, do you realize that prior to, to this time, Americans wouldn't go to church? They were not. They were farming, agriculture. They were professional Christians, which means they would profess their Christianity from their England roots, but they were not practicing Christians. The age of reason, the age of enlightenment saturated the world. So people were questioning the validity of the church of God of Christianity. The word of God was a joke. They didn't even believe. They thought the Bible was a mythological description that was actually for the intellectually naive. Meaning if you were intellectually incoherent or you were uneducated, you would believe the Bible. But smart people wouldn't believe the Bible because it was the age of reason. It was the age of enlightenment. It was the age of philosophical growth. They didn't even believe it. All of a sudden, God showed up and a man started preaching. And in his preaching, do you know what happened in his preaching? He started preaching this. I just want to tell these colonies that there is a heaven, there is a hell. He started preaching like this. There's a God and there's a devil. Yeah, and for all the people who sin, unless you receive him, you will end up in hell. He started preaching about sin and hell and heaven. Ladies and gentlemen, it's 2021. We don't need more motivational speakers from the pulpits of America. We don't need more inspirational preachers from America. Oh, by the way, I'm preaching to myself right now, too. I'm not coming like Sam is being arrogant from here. Now, I'm speaking from the bottom up, and I'm preaching to myself. We don't need any more feel-good sermons. We need to tell people there's a heaven, and there's a hell. There's a God and there's a devil. And if you are a sinner and you never receive what he did on the cross, you will end up in hell. But here's the good news that Jonathan Edwards preached, that I preached, that the Bible tells us. If you call upon the name of the Lord Jesus, you and your household will be saved. How many are grateful for the blood of Jesus, for the gospel of Christ? It was a message of repentance. The Great Awakening took off. Guess what happened? They heard that message. All of a sudden, it blew up. People started coming to church. Not, not just the uneducated, even, even more to a great degree, importantly, because they are the influencers, the educated class. They started coming to church. They started repenting. They would come to the altar. God, forgive me. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. I accept Jesus. I am saved. It spread. And then some guy grabbed a hold of it. This is 1734 to 1743. A guy named George Whitfield. Oh, George. Georgie, Georgie, Georgie. 
Let me tell you what the writers, including Benjamin Franklin, said about Georgie. Georgie was a loud preacher. I can't stand loud preachers. Google this. The writers would write that George Whitfield was so loud that on one occasion he spoke to 30,000 people without a microphone, known sound system in 1730s, and 30,000 people heard him clearly. That was a loud man. They said he's loud, very loud. He's always shouting when he preaches and he spits when he preaches. Can't stand that kind of preacher. What, read about him. It says he was charismatic. He would never stay still behind the pulpit. He was always moving back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. He was always doing this. He was very animated. Oh, and he would illustrate his sermons. Can't stand pastors who are loud, who move back and forth, who sometimes spit and illustrate their sermons. So for all the people who criticize, why are preachers so loud? Because America needs to hear the gospel of Jesus. Because America needs to hear that there is still power in the name of Jesus. Because this nation needs to be washed afresh by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. We don't need feel-good Christianity. We don't need kumbaya Christianity. We don't need Christianity that makes you comfortable. We need Christianity that convicts you so you can be filled with the power of God and change the world around you. Okay. 80% Google this of all people in the colonies listened live. No TV, no social media. They went to one of his crusades. 80%, one of them was Benjamin Franklin who said, I have never sensed God like I sense God listening to this man. Watch this. It spread. People started coming. I'm talking about in droves like never before. Out of that revival, there were a bunch of men who got together who are known as our founding fathers. And they wrote documents that said we have been given rights but not by each other. We have been given rights by our creator. It rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. A, a nation was born. Watch this. Everybody say awakening. awakening. Uh, for those of you that don't know, the difference between a revival and awakening is geography. If a, if, a, if a revival, a move of God is local, it's called a revival. If it goes national, it's an awakening. That's the only difference. That's it. So a revival is something local. And I don't mean local. I mean local. Some revivals look like they're loco, but <laughs> revival, awakening, right? Who watch this. We had an awakening that led to a war, a revolutionary war, that led to the birth of a nation. 1800, from 1800 to 1840, the Second Great Awakening. James McGrady, a Presbyterian minister, alongside a man named Charles Finney. And you had this amazing move of God. 1,500 cities in America, towns and cities, at the same time, the Holy Spirit came down. Not one city, not like just Pensacola or Toronto or L.A. 
Imagine New York, Los Angeles, Orlando, Dallas, Miami, San Jose, San Francisco, Fresno. Imagine, imagine 1,500 cities in America at the same time. The glory of Jesus falls down and everybody starts going to church. And everybody starts coming to church. Not just one day a week, but Monday through Sunday, the churches are open. And at, and at 12 o'clock noon, people, instead of taking their break in Starbucks, they go to church to pray in the name of Jesus and believe God for an hour. That happened. It read it. It really happened. 1,500 towns and cities. And they were preaching the same message. Yeah. Repent from your sin. Confess Jesus. There were spiritual manifestations, signs and wonders and miracles. This is before Azusa. There were spiritual. People would be healed. They would walk into a tumors. They would disappear. They would walk in there. Tumors. And they would walk out without tumors. All documented. All verifiable, all like, what is this? 1800 to 1840. Guess what battle took place after that? The people were filled with God, that they were so filled with God, that's where the abolitionist movement came out of. Those that participated in, in the awakening, the Holy Spirit hit them and say, yes, now that we're here, this slavery thing is not of God. That's diabolical. That's a sin. That's my brother and my sister created in the image of God. So we're not just going to pray and receive revival. We're going to be filled here so we can change the world out there. Yeah. Awakening that led to a war, the civil war, to end slavery, to recognize that every human being in America and around the world is created in the image of God. And then it gave birth to a better nation without slavery. That's what awakening does. The first awakening was driven by young people, according to historians. The second awakening was driven by lay people and business people, entrepreneurs. Why are we saying this today? Let me have your undivided attention. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, on July the 4th, 2021, in the name of Jesus, I am here to prophetically declare by faith through Christ to get ready. Yes. We are about to experience a new great awakening in America. I don't know if you're hearing me. We are living in troubled times. The devil was drinking his latte, thinking that America would be an atheistic nation in the early 1700s, and look what happened. The devil was drinking a caramel macchiato, thinking I'm gonna keep slavery and other institutions of inequality in place forevermore in America, and guess what happened? So guess what? The devil right now is drinking an espresso, shaking espresso, thinking I got America. It's doomed for every time the devil thinks he has this nation, guess who shows up? The spirit. I don't know how many of you believe this with me, but I'm going to tell you what we're about to see next in America. We are about to see an outpouring of the power of Almighty God. We are about to see the Holy Spirit show up in cities across America. We are about to see a move of God that will flip this nation for the glory of Jesus. What did I tell you? An awakening leads to what? To war. Every awakening led to a war that led to something new in this nation. So if you're praying for an awakening, be careful. Because if you think it's going to be, I'm going to have church and I'm going to go like. That's not an awakening. That's a Peloton. If you think that's the awakening, no. 
An awakening. When people go to church and they pray, Lord, send your fire. Do you know you're actually asking for God to sanctify you? You're asking God to purify you. So get ready. There's an awakening coming that will lead to war. Pastor Sam, what's the war about? It's for our children and our children's children and our children's children's children. Is anybody hearing me right now in this place? We are about to receive an outpouring of the power of Jesus that will empower us to say, get off my children. For as for me and my house, we will serve the living God. We come against pedophilia. We come against violence against our children from the womb to the streets. We come against ideologies that confuse them about their identity, about their sexuality. We're going to fight for our children and we will do it in the name of somebody prays like you're about to see it somebody shout like you believe God's about to show up in this nation if you got this word raise your hand oh man lift up your hands lift up your hands are there any questions we're, we're, Psalm 46 verse 10 be still and know that I am God I will be exalted among the nations that includes America Habakkuk 2.14, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. That includes America. Somebody say one nation. One nation. Under. Under. God. Next to God. Under. Over God. Under. In front of God. Under. Under God. God is greater than the White House. We respect the White House, but God is greater than the White House. God is greater than Congress, both the House and the Senate. God is greater than the Supreme Court. Our government has three branches, the executive branch, the legislative branch, the judicial branch. That makes up America. I know a trio that's more powerful. a trio that's more powerful than that trio let me introduce you to the father to the son and to the spirit of the living God Jesus is Lord over America we declare that Jesus is Lord over America if you believe it praise like you believe it stand with me you're standing I told you it was quick today's July 4th. Psalm 33, verse 12. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Politics is not the Lord of America. And I know we're streaming. Money is not the Lord of America. Race is not the Lord of America. Strife is not the Lord of America. CNN is not the Lord of America. Google is not the Lord of America. Facebook is not the Lord of America. Jesus. He is Lord, and we declare the sovereignty and the lordship of Jesus. When Jesus is Lord of America, what kind of nation are we? We are a nation of Amos 5, 24. Dr. King would read this verse repeatedly. Let justice run down like waters, and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Matthew 28, Billy Graham, right here. Therefore, make disciples of all nations. America is one of those nations. America will be a discipled nation. The devil hates discipleship. He has no problem with professional Christianity. 
he gets nervous with prophetic Christianity. Indivisible. Somebody say indivisible. Let me read to you Mark 10, 9. Let no one split apart what God has joined together. Hey, media, stop trying to divide us. Hey, politicians, stop trying to divide us. There are some, let me use the terminology, it's controversial, but it's completely germane and applicable. There are some, what we call, causation pimps. These are pimps in society who take advantage of situations for the purpose of gaining monetary. They make money through discord. They like to divide us because they make money out of division. They love that. But boy, are we going to push back because there's an awakening coming? Hassan, do you really believe there's an awakening coming? I, I don't want to be presumptuous. How many really believe it's, it's going to happen? I want to see God show up. I want to see God show up in such a way. No, I really mean this. Hear my heart. I'm worried about my children and my children's children and my children's children. If, if this awakening doesn't happen, we need God to show up. You say, Pastor, but does that really happen? In 1857, a guy named Lampierre in the city of New York in Wall Street, he, the Lord spoke to him and said, you're going to start having services for the businessmen in Wall Street. One day a week. He opened up, first day, very few people came. By the end of one year, over one million people in America came to Jesus because a bunch of bankers and brokers were touched. We're talking about businessmen, the richest people in America will come to pray every day at noon in New York. You're telling me it can't happen? God never changes. If he did it before, I'm done because it's, 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 I'm done. I got exactly seven minutes to wrap this up. I mean, to, to complete the whole service. We're in Sacramento for a reason. I'm believing both Republicans and Democrats are going to start coming to God's house. Imagine the people that work in Sacramento, both Republicans and Democrats, coming out of their offices. It's 12 o'clock noon. Instead of going to Starbucks, let's go to a corner. Let's pray in the name of Jesus. Let's go outside in the courtyard. Let's pray. How many believe there's an awakening, a revival coming? How many believe God's about to show up? With liberty. Somebody say liberty. John 8, 32. John 8, 36. Oh, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. For he who the Son sets free is free indeed. 2 Corinthians 3, 17. Wherever the Holy Spirit is present, there is freedom. You can't be bound and have the Holy Spirit. And justice. Justice for the rich. Justice for the poor. Justice for the big. Justice for the small. Justice for man. Justice for woman. Justice for black, justice for white, justice for brown, justice for all. Ladies and gentlemen, on this Independence Day, we are here to declare by faith through Christ that we will see this nation emerge as one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Somebody praise like you believe what we just shared. Happy Independence Day. If you receive this message, high five your neighbor and tell him I receive it.